the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast. And welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here. Pastor Sean, I've got two good pieces of news for you. Neat Uh-oh. revelations. Yes, sir. So, oh, yeah. well, it is October. That means it's Pastor Appreciation Month. So, Pastor Sean, on behalf of every man, woman, and child at River City Community Church, I say happy Pastor Appreciation Month. Thank you very much, Baron. I appreciate that. You know, we have a great group of pastors at River City, and I'm very much appreciative for them. You know, for me, Pastor Appreciation Month is not only a time where the people of River City are gracious and kind, but I get to express my appreciation, ah. you know, as pastor for not only a great congregation of people, but for a whole team of, of very gifted and called and hardworking pastors. And we just really are blessed with the community that we have. So thank you for that. Very kind. No, I'm not done with that. I want you to give a little shout out to some of your favorite pastors on staff. Not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones do you want me to leave out? <laughs> no, they're all, they're all amazing. We got a whole group of adult pastors. We got a group of next gen pastors. We have our Spanish pastor. We have kind of our executive pastoral team, the lead guys who uh, make sure everything is all working together. So uh, we're just very blessed and grateful. And you're still taking Chick fil A gift cards uh, on Sunday? And for visitors or for, for pastors? <laughs> <laughs> for visitors. That's great. The other cool revelation that I had this past week, Pastor Sean, is as I was uh, uploading the uh, the podcast to all the usual channels, uh, the last podcast that we did last week, it was episode number 200, 200 episodes of the Reaching wow. for Real Life. Yeah, we need to, we need and to. it goes by fast, man. Doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's yep. very significant. So congratulations to you on that one. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Well, Pastor Sean, normally we're meeting in the uh, Reaching for Real Life, the Real Life Amphitheater and the studios there, and uh, you're off the grid again. Well, that's right, Baron. I am. <laughs> uh, I'm out at, uh, I'm out at my home studio here at Las Brisas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you're currently uh, accepting memberships, uh, right? <laughs> well, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have an event that we have to be at tonight, a great event. Uh, it's a gala for the Pregnancy Care Center. Oh, yeah. um, Dave McCall is a very good friend, and they got a great evening planned, and we support that ministry. I uh, love what they do, but we had to be out there, so I got have to leave kind of shortly after we're done here, so I thought I'd do this from home and make it a little easier, and then head out to that wonderful event to support a great organization, Pregnancy Care Center. One of the things I love about what they do, Baron, they very simply, and I think very astutely, articulate their mission, not in counseling sessions given or diapers and supplies supported with, although they do all that. They articulate their mission, Live Saved. Mm. It's so clear, so simple. Live Saved, and it's a, a woman who came in and was going to have an abortion and changes her mind, sees her baby through a sonogram, gets talked to and counseled about resources that are available, and, you know, this wonderful organization with the help of so many great volunteers comes alongside and just 
they're, they're saving lives. It's, it's that simple. They do all those things. They do all the things. But their actual number of babies saved is way above the national average. We have an excellent pregnancy care center here, and it's one of the finest in the nation. And I'm just very blessed to be part of it, blessed to be able to support that organization. If you're interested, you can just look up Pregnancy Care Center San Antonio and Dave McCall's the director. They can help you. They can find, help you find information. It's a great, great organization. I'll tell you why. They're also one of the best when it comes to these galas. Uh, after every one of these things, I see a selfie with you with uh, Charlie Kirk or Dinesh D'Souza. Who's, uh, who's the rock star you're going to be with tonight? Uh, well, this is, this is a little bit uh, – this is going to be a little touchy for you. Oh? It's Eric Metaxas. Hey! That's my guy. That's my <laughs> that old is, well, uh, workmate. Well, he, he he's your old workmate, but he's the guy who has dunked on us. Oh, that's right. Than any any other that's right. potential guest. We've been trying to get him on forever, and uh, he keeps getting busy or booked or, or moved along. All right, well, so you, you're going to give him the business. Yes, he is Eric Metaxas, but it's one of your greater uh, greater failures. Failure. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's not. You You do such a great job getting guests, and so you always are way over the top. You, you shock me with the people you're able to get on our podcast. But Eric Metaxas is the, the, one. the one that got away. All right. No, it's not he over. It. He's going to fall in love with you, and he'll be on in two weeks. And then we'll cancel oh, him. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to go, and I was just going to tell him, hey, thanks, man, for nothing. So yeah. maybe you say I should take a different approach. A little bit, yeah. Forgive okay. and forget there. Uh, yes, I agree. No, it'll be good. To, it'll be good to talk with him. And uh, have, do you like know him personally? Have you met him and talked with him personally? Uh, a couple of times. We we share a mutual love of music. In fact, uh, with his Bonhoeffer book, uh, we shared a conversation that I heard that uh, that Bono was a fan of his book and he wanted to produce it into a movie. And then I don't know what ever happened with that. Bono got in an accident and got sidetracked and went right, off the right. rails. But that's a, it's an interesting thing. He's, he's a big music guy, and he's just very intelligent, obviously. Without a doubt. And this is the, the paradox of our relationship. You're my producer. Okay. You're the sidekick, technically. But you're the rock star. No. You know, I, I'm just the guy leeching off of your vast <laughs> network of... Uh, very accomplished associates. <laughs> Pastor Lee Cesaro is with us and uh, so oh, grateful. That's that... right. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, as this is all fun, we enjoy all this. Pastor Sean, the great thing about this, this radio show and podcast is that we deal with the re real issues going on in America and also around the world. We've had Reuven Duran on this uh, program. You're planning yes. a trip to go to Israel here uh, next year. That's still on, Pastor Sean. Um, Baron, I don't know if anything's still on right now. Mm -hmm. What's happening there is different than I think anything we've seen in many, many years. Um, the attacks that have happened from Gaza, the, uh, th this, this feels different. I, I heard one commentator talking about what's happening in Israel that said their tactics are more like ISIS mm -hmm. than typical Hamas. And they're literally doing acts of brutality and videoing it themselves you know you see the videos on social media and on youtube and different places and it's it's not their critics videoing what they're doing it's them videoing it and showing off for those who maybe haven't heard i mean it's been everywhere saturday morning a group of um and and they they use the term militants um these are terrorists right murderers uh, militant yeah these are murderous terrorists but it's interesting. They went, they were able to somehow, because Israel has a very good network uh, as far as its intelligence, incredible defense systems. They were able to fire thousands of rockets into Israel, caught them off guard. They were able to have 
uh, some estimates up to 1,500 or more soldiers, terrorists, that were able to cross into Israel, which, again, is unheard of. But they were able to destabilize an area, a fence, a border wall that Israel has, and they were able to get into to and actually get on the ground and they went into you know many people heard about the music festival the dance festival that was happening hundreds of people killed there there are diff- multiple kibbutz one particular near the south part in the southern part of israel where they found over a hundred dead bodies and, and it's shocking what's happening this this unprovoked attack I, I think a lot of people are shocked a lot of people wondering what's happening but they're calling it their 9-11. Uh, to be more specific, in that kibbutz, uh, the, in one, I uh, saw a report today that uh, they you know, they found 40 babies that were beheaded. It's not soldier versus soldier. It's women no. and children and the elderly that they're murdering, and they're kidnapping and taking them back. And then they yeah. go back, and then they hide behind those their own women and children as, a, you know, as their defense. I mean, it's, this is not— Unbelievable. It's evil. Is it evil, Pastor Sean? No, it, this is pure evil. And and one of the things, I, I don't want us to be, I, I know everything is so weird politically in mm. the United States. Just know we are, we are broken in our politics. It's funny because people who are progressives and people on the left are unexplainably pro-Hamas, pro-Iran, pro-Hezbollah. And it's like, what? In the world are people thinking these are brutal terrorist organizations. Iran is a state sponsor of terrorism. And it's like people are afraid to call it that. We've heard of 30 different organizations at Harvard that are in support of this incredible, barbaric, and brutal attack on Israel. It's like, what are people thinking? What's going through their heads? And understand. I'm very, I'm very pro-Israel. I believe they are the stabilizing force in the Middle East. They are our ally. I've been there. I know the reality that Palestinian citizens in Israel live so much better than Palestinians anywhere else in the Middle East, mm. right? Yeah. Um, I know that. I've been on the ground. I've talked to them. I, I understand this. Not that there's not problems, and I'm not, I'm not one who would say Israel does everything right and that there's, Israel is sinless in their foreign policy. I'm not saying that. I'm not making that claim. But this is not a close call. Mm-mm. And to see the left, the left in the United States, either try to kind of, you know, dumb this down or, or kind of cover this over and make it something it's not, refer to Hamas militants instead of terrorists, call for a ceasefire so that Israel doesn't go and get their people back, doesn't go and retaliate in any way or try to disable Gaza's and Hamas's ability to do these kind of strikes. It's it's all unthinkable to me, Baron. Yeah, and America is involved always, but the critics are saying that under the previous administration, uh, Iran was cut off, and after the new administration came in, $6 billion went towards uh you know ransom for a prisoner swap or whatever that oh, yes. weapons deal yes. and that money yes. that we gave them was used to upgrade what was happening uh you know coming out of Hamas oh it's it's a direct relation of why why this is able to happen now some people say well no that money was only for humanitarian first of all the leaders in Iran said no one's going to tell us what to use our money for <laughs> they made that statement directly mm. And secondly, so if you get $6 billion and now you don't have to spend it on internal 
uh, support for humanitarian aid and things like that. That frees up a lot of other funds to be able to use to arm and support uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. Mm. It, it's it's so it, there's a naivete and a ridiculousness that is is really hard to stomach, mm. you know. And for these people who claim to be so intellectual and so worldly, it's like okay, I I can tell a minute you open your mouth, you've never been there, you've never actually walked on the ground. You've never stood on the border, as I have, and looked into Lebanon and what it looks like and looked at Israel and what it's like. And mm-hmm. it's like it becomes very apparent. We're talking about two totally different ways of thinking and of running their countries. Uh, God appoints kings and leaders. I think it says somewhere in the Bible. Uh, and so for Benjamin Netanyahu now to be uh, behind the the wheel again is, is very important. He said... As he started his speech last the other night, uh, he, he said that we didn't start this war, but we're going to finish it. In times of peace, understand Israel has been so good at their national defense and so good at keeping the peace that in times like that, lots of people, that's when we bicker about little things, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, all those Israelis who don't support Bibi Netanyahu are very glad that he's at the helm and not some progressive or some someone who isn't as equipped. He is very much equipped to deal with this. Israel's equipped. You know, they were told they've called up 300,000 national reservists. And these people are highly trained. And the, there's literally Israelis who are other places in the world, they're flying back home mm. to defend their country and to root out this terrorism, not only from their country, but from their neighboring countries. And, you know, I, I absolutely understand it. I support it. You know, when the United States was attacked on 9-11, we rolled up our sleeves and said, we are going to just completely destroy our enemy's capacity to do this. And we went after it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can argue about, well, was it done perfectly? Was it done right? Should it have been done? You know, um, at the end Oof. of the day. War is hell. You are talking about, yeah, war is. And you're talking about people who are who are just completely immune to conscience mm. and have no problem killing innocents. And they, in fact, they look to that. They hide among innocents. These people aren't, there's no honor. There's no courage. These are people who are cowards. And all the people around the world who cheer for them, they are either insane or they themselves are morally bankrupt. I'm sorry. To see this, it's not a close call. And so Benjamin Netanyahu is is obviously now the whole country's rallying behind him because they're sitting in bomb shelters. They're seeing their the, a kibbutz is like a little community that is interdependent. It's not quite a commune, but it's a they're neat little concepts that they have in Israel. It's actually how they rebuilt the nation, and they're just being attacked, and innocents are being killed, and it is it is a horrible state of affairs. Uh, Pastor Sean, going back to our friend uh, Reuven Duran, we know we can pray for him, and I hope to hear from him that he's doing well. I got to watch him do a give a message uh, on YouTube on his own channel from a church as they were obviously praying for the country. And a yes. big part of his message was just simply going to the Word, telling the story of Hezekiah, and guess what? <laughs> you put God first, and he's going to protect his people. Yes, exactly right. Uh, Reuben is a wonderful friend. He's godly, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he I texted him, and, you know, we kind of text back and forth a little bit. He said, we're safe. Uh, a few rockets blew up over our village. And this was again on the first day of the attack. So mm. I don't, I, I don't know the specifics. He hasn't shared specifics since then. Um, we spent the first few hours in a bomb shelter with the kids and grandkids. And here's what they, he says they did. We were praying, playing games, reading scriptures. 
He said, this is a very messy situation. It may become worse before it gets better. And those words seem almost prophetic at this point. And I've heard that from a whole lot of different sources that this is probably going to get worse before it gets better. It's not, this is not going to be a quick thing. It's just tragic. It's Hmm. tragic all the way around. Of course, we're looking at hosting. We have two trips scheduled next year, one in February, which is just a few months away, and one in November. Uh, All our plans right now are on pause Mm -hmm. until we see how this resolves. You can't even travel to Israel right now. The State Department is not allowing travel. So all of our plans are on pause until we see uh, how this resolves. But this doesn't look like it's going to be just a quick kind of police-keeping and peacekeeping operation so now here we are in america we have peace in our land and we got our own right. problems of course but uh but our we support we stand with israel i think it's safe to say what does that mean well, i think I, I, for for us as christians we understand that god did a very unique work through israel they are through scripture his chosen people and they are chosen for the purpose of bringing redemption to the, all the world that's Genesis chapter 12, God's promise to Abraham. So we understand that, and we we have great respect. The, word, the, the promise is, I will bless those who bless you, I'll curse those who curse you, uh, said the Lord. And he said, you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And obviously through Jesus Christ, mm. uh, that prophecy is fulfilled. Um, we support Israel. That doesn't mean we, we are not afraid to say if we think Israel does something wrong or Israel overreacts or Israel has policies that are bad. It, it doesn't mean they're sinless. You, you know, none of us are sinless. No nation is sinless. But we have we hold Israel in high regard and we recognize the blessing of the Lord on them. Mm-hmm. It, it's obvious to anybody who's been there and who's watched this people group throughout s- centuries and millennia. Um, and all they've gone through, but yet they've remained, they've held this identity and been able to stay together. And so there's obviously the hand of the Lord on that nation. And so we support Israel. And I think that's interesting because it means different things for different people. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I can't help but notice, and this is just, um, you know, you can't help but get political here, and I don't care. If you don't like it, <laughs> I'm sorry. But the, the truth is, under the last administration, under President Trump, with all his flaws and foibles, three or four different Middle Eastern nations signed peace treaties with Israel. That mm-hmm. was historic, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get enough. It doesn't get enough press. This Middle East has been a hotbed and a point of conflict, and just a major foreign affairs and just foreign policy nightmare for president after president. Under Donald Trump, he moved the United States Embassy back to Jerusalem. He acknowledged Jerusalem as the capital. Okay, which is their capital, mm-hmm. but previously, out of deference for other forces around there, previous presidents had kept the embassy in Tel Aviv. He moved it to Jerusalem, which is what Israel says is their capital. Four different nations, three or four different nations, I'm, I'm trying to remember correctly, signed peace treaties with Israel during the time of his administration. Okay, This wouldn't have happened during the Trump administration. It's It's that simple. Quite frankly, I'm one who doesn't believe the Russian invasion of Ukraine would have happened. You know, I just think when you have a president who is a little more hawkish, a little more bold and willing to say, hey, we're not going to put up with this, I think the rest of the world takes notice. And when you have a weak foreign policy, you know, the first thing the Biden administration does is is totally bungle up the withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, so many different issues. And I, again, I, I don't want this to be a political thing, but when it comes to Israel, 
the policy with Iran has been devastating and is directly related to this. And I'm sorry, you if you're afraid to acknowledge that or afraid to say that, that's not to say Israel ha- is perfect. That's not to say there's not room for discussion on the Palestinian situation and a two-state solution and all the different nuances of the region. All you have to do is go there and hang out and talk to people, and you realize, yeah, this isn't a close call. Pastor Sean, it's that time again where... You kind of go to the word and go, when you hear of wars beginning and this does not signal my return, these must come, but the end is not yet. The nations and kingdoms of the earth will rise against each other and there will be famines and earthquakes in many places, but all this will only be the beginning of the horrors to come. I mean, is this another piece of Bible prophecy in this time? Well, here's the thing. We've seen things like this before and we, you know, there's always people say, this is it, this is the end. So I, I am careful not to do that. Could it be? Sure. Um, this That region is a powder keg. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is there's a whole group of nations around Israel who it's not like they want to live in peace. They want to push the entire nation of Israel into the sea, right? And they don't want them to exist at all. And so, you know, it's ironic. Um, you know, you all these nations around them claim to support the Palestinians, but not one of them will let Palestinians settle there and give space to them. These huge nations, it's like, nope. The little postage stamp of Israel has to be the only place that Palestinians mm. can live. This is it. And it's like, come on. Mm. Again, the the hatred and the bigotry, the racism against Israel in that region is over the top. And so, yeah, at any point, the fear is that something like this could spill out into a huge regional war. And then you start talking about China, Russia, and the United States supporting their proxies in the region. Uh, now that's when things start to get spin out of control. And so, you know, Baron, at times like these, I always say, Lord, you said no one knows the hour when you're coming but the Father. I try to live every day saying, hey, Jesus could call me home today, whether it's be through the rapture of the church or it be through a car accident on the way home. I'm 61 years old, Baron. Safe to say I'm 30, maybe if I'm really lucky, 40 years away from wow. the second coming for me, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, isn't that right? Correct. If I had real longevity and lived to 90, oh, Lord, what a blessing. Or even 100, wow, there's only a few people do that. That's still only 30, 40 years. And all of us need to think that. You're a young man, Baron. What, what are you? <laughs> take take a guess, tough guy. <laughs> You're at least a couple years younger than me. Yeah. So. mid. Let's just say mid-50s. How's that? Yeah, there you go. So the point is, are you 30, 40, 50 years? We don't, we, that's the point. All of us are supposed to live. I think that's the point of the Bible's teaching on the second coming. We're supposed to live every day recognizing this isn't all there is. We're supposed to live with one eye focused on what God's got us doing here and one eye focused on the fact that, man, there's something more. Mm-hmm. This isn't all there is. And so we're supposed to live like that. And whether it's the rapture of the church, second coming of Christ, or whether it is our own death. We we're here for an instant and then there's eternity. So I, the times like this remind us of that. And I think the answer is always to pray. You know, that's why we're never helpless. We're never hopeless because of the gift of prayer. And so I encourage us to be praying for Israel. Pray for Reuven Duran, a friend of ours, who's a wonderful guy. He's been on our program. He's just a neat brother. Pray for David Mishkin. He's a teacher there, a wonderful brother who's uh, been to River City, um, and he teaches at a Evangelical Christian Bible College there in Tel Aviv. Uh, pray for he and his family. You know, I haven't heard anything from him. Um, so many friends, so many folks. Pray for 
I mean, there are Palestinians who are there now being they're suffering the consequences of the terrorists who live among them and their now families are at risk. Just, I, I just I pray for peace. And and, and I, that's different than praying for ceasefire, because right now I believe Israel has the right and even responsibility to remove Hamas ability to attack them. And that is nothing short of a military operation. And so I respect their right to do that. I even see their responsibility to protect their citizens, to protect their borders. And so I pray for justice in that regard. But I also pray for the safety of innocence. I pray, I pray that the church there, and it's not a huge presence, but there are many believers there. I pray that they would be able to point people to Christ. They would be able to show the love of Christ. And uh, we just pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the rest of the region as well. Well, as you've been listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, I think it'd be very appropriate right now if everyone listening right now would join us in prayer as we close this program. Lord, thank you for this gift, the ability to come before you, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what we're facing. And Lord, we take advantage of this audience with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we ask for you to pour out your grace, your peace, your protection on the nation of Israel. I pray for our friend Reuven and Luann, his wife, and their kids, Lord, and their family. Lord, I pray for David Mishkin and his family and all associated with the Bible College there and for so many others, Jesus. Protection. Protection for innocence, Lord. I pray for justice. I pray that you would, I pray that you would help Israel to put down this uh, violence and to put down the even the ability for the terrorist organizations that have, have carried out this horrible evil, this Holocaust. I pray that they would, I pray that you would give the Israeli military and leadership the ability, the discernment to be able to find hostages, to save lives. And I pray that they would be able to just neutralize Hamas, Hezbollah's capacity to inflict violence. Lord, we ask that. I just pray that you would protect innocence. Let your church be your church. And I pray that your love and your grace would be poured out, Lord, and help us to always pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We thank you for this gift of prayer, and we stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters in Israel. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.